Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk to Be Well on the Future of Health. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, bringing you a real conversation on team mental health from the people that know best. Joining me today from the Be Well Student Advisory Council are Billy, India, and Anna. Our discussion today is about anxiety. We all know the feeling of being anxious, but how do we tell if it's something more? Remember, everyone, if you have questions for us, we can be found at Wellbeing Trust on Twitter and Facebook. And our Student Advisory Council is on Instagram at work to be well. That's work, the number two, be well. Before we start, I want you to know that the information provided during this podcast is for educational purposes only. You should always consult your healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. We'll be discussing topics that might be triggering to some listeners. If you or someone you know is struggling, please reach out to the youth line at 1-877-968-8491 or text teen to teen to 839-863. Again, that's teen, the number two, teen. Okay, let's get started by welcoming our panelists to the show. Thank you for joining us. I'd like you to introduce yourselves and tell us about the role that anxiety plays in your life. Anna, why didn't you kick us off? Okay, I'm Anna and I'm a sophomore. I think that anxiety has always played a major role in my life ever since elementary school. Um, And throughout the school year, it gets worse or during the school day, it can get um, to a heightened spot. India, how about you? My name is India. I'm also a sophomore. And I think that anxiety plays a really big role in my life, especially social anxiety. Um, It's definitely something that I deal with a lot more at school. And Billy? I'm Billy. I'm a senior. And um, yeah, I really can't think of a point when anxiety wasn't present in my life. But the thing is, it doesn't always have to be bad anxiety because there's the anxiety that gives me panic attacks. And there's also the anxiety that motivates me to study for my tests and try to get good grades. What types of things in your daily life make you anxious? I think that school is definitely something that causes me a lot of anxiety, whether it's through how I uh, teachers interact or the assignments given or tests. It's definitely a spot that is more anxious for me. Honestly, this may sound bad, but my friends, I still love hanging out with them, but I also worry about them a lot. So they do tend to give me a lot of anxiety. So how do you calm yourself when you're starting to feel anxious? What's helpful to you? A nap. (laughs) I just try to do some breathing exercises that I learned when I was younger. When you talk to somebody about your anxiety, how does that come out in a conversation? I talk to my mom a lot about it because it's something that we both share the experience with or with my older sister. And also at school, there's breaks during the day where I'll just go and I'll rant to a friend about how anxious I am from teachers giving me all this homework or a huge test like the very next day. How would you describe that feeling when it starts? What does it feel like in your body? My heart starts pounding a little more um, and then I will start to like get red cheeks and I'll start to talk really quickly And I just sort of start to go into this almost panic mode of like all these thoughts running through my head of all these things I need to do and study for and work on. And it just kind of all starts to happen. And then my stomach will start to hurt or I'll start to get really tired or things like that. The best way I can sort of describe it is like my body just goes into autopilot. I just sort of shut down I stop talking I'm like spacing out on just anything I'm really unresponsive 
And then when I do finally start talking again, I jumble my words a lot. I go over the senses again and again, and it just gets like really choppy and shaky. When that first starts to happen, you've all described talking to people as being a really great way to start to calm you down. What are some other types of techniques you might use? Annie, you mentioned breathing exercises. What types of breathing exercises do you do? There are some really simple ones of just saying, okay, I'm going to take 10 deep breaths and that's going to help. Um, Also breathing in for five, holding for six and breathing out for seven. And there's a newer one where you, I'm not exactly sure which senses are for which number, but you would count five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you could touch and it goes on from there until you get to one. And then it's supposed to be a way to ground yourself, which I found super helpful when teachers do that in the classroom before class starts. And I think that that is probably my favorite one now. Do you have breathing exercises? Either of you have breathing exercises you use or, or anything like that? I've tried out breathing exercises and they really just didn't work for me because I would always try to like follow the breathing exercise and I'd focus on that but then I think I'm not doing it correctly and then I get anxiety because I'm not breathing correctly or something. And it just doesn't, it doesn't work out well. So, so you get anxiety from incorrectly applying the anxiety reduction technique. Yes. <laughs> okay. I know, it's stunning. But I, I do have a coping skill that I've started using a bit more recently. It's really just doing makeup. Like... At midnight, if I can't sleep or just need something to do, I'd spend like an hour just doing my makeup and trying to come up with some new design. India, do you have any techniques that you do? Breathing techniques have never really worked for me. Um, I know as someone with OCD, it's very hard to like do that and then just focus on it because I feel like my mind is always wandering and then... um, Yeah, so it's never really worked for me. I always kind of get the feeling like I focus too much on my breathing and then I start to get super nervous that I'm not breathing correctly and that I'm not getting enough oxygen and it's like that kind of cycle. So I never really have done breathing techniques. Well, you all have really shared how anxiety plays out differently for you. When we come back, I want to have a little bit of conversation about some of the things that people have recommended to help calm down that actually really don't work. So we'll pick up there after this short break at Talk To Be Well. Time to get out, step out into the street. 
we're back with Talk To Be Well. Today we're talking about anxiety and some of the topics that we talk about may be triggering. So I want to remind you that if you're struggling, please call Youthline at 1-877-968-8491 or text teen to teen at 839-863. That's teen, the number two, teen. Joining us again are our guests from the Be Well Student Advisory Council, and we'd like to talk about some of the helpful suggestions for anxiety that perhaps haven't worked out so well. When I was in about third grade, I um, so I have OCD first of all, and I went. I've been seeing a therapist, and this therapist told me one way to uh, deal, I guess, with OCD was to punch an ugly doll because it. The ugly doll was supposed to symbolize the word bully in my brain telling me what to do and that I shouldn't let something have that control over me. My therapy homework would be to like punch an ugly doll and be like, you can't control how I do my laundry or how I check under my bed at night to make sure there's nothing under there. Like you don't have this control. So that didn't work very well. Um, (laughs) Later on, we ended up seeing a different therapist given this was third grade. So I think they were trying to approach it in a way that didn't make the homework seem too hard, but that definitely wasn't the most helpful tactic. (laughs) Um, Have others had uh, not helpful anxiety reduction techniques? I know, Billy, you said you'd had some before, things that were suggested that weren't particularly helpful. I'm trying to think of which one to pick. Um, I haven't really encountered that many. I just think that when people around me, like especially in my family, give me suggestions like they give me their unsolicited advice and I'm like I really didn't want like I didn't want that because um my mom is really into yoga and meditation and so she's always just like you need to meditate do more yoga it'll solve all your problems and I'm like no it won't (laughs) um and I think that when I finally started like going to therapy and getting help and I saw a psychologist it really just helped me find other things to do just like confronting what like my fears with OCD and also social anxiety instead of, you know, meditating because that really didn't work for me. I'd say a pretty big one that gets suggested to me a lot that um, usually doesn't work for me is, God, what's that app called? Headspace. Yeah, that one. No. So apps don't work for you? No. What is it about apps that don't work for you? It's about listening to someone giving me directions on how to calm down because when I when I hear them talking I'm listening to the instructions I'm thinking okay this will calm me down anything else I do will not so if I don't do this exactly perfectly correctly I'm going to have horrible anxiety and then because I think that it happens that's a little obsessive compulsive wouldn't you say yes (laughs) Just a tad. Just a tad. For our listeners who don't know what obsessive compulsive disorder is, does somebody want to describe that? Obsessive compulsive disorder is one form that anxiety can take, I guess. It basically results in needing to, you obsess over a thought, that's the obsession, and then the compulsiveness is having to act on that. So it could be like stepping four times on each foot on each block of a sidewalk and like having to do that if you don't something bad is going to happen and so doing that is supposed to calm down that part of what you're worrying about but and it doesn't really help because it gives you another thing to worry about so it's kind of a domino effect of 
not good worries, I guess, if that makes sense. But it can be something very difficult to push aside. I think there's a difference, though, between being anxious and having anxiety, though. And so I think that that sometimes can get mixed up and people are being like, I have anxiety, but they they're just feeling anxious at that moment. So I think there is like a line to look at, but I definitely see a lot of my friends anxious at school. And then people who I know have anxiety, I can see them getting anxious around certain things and that can be like a pattern. Yeah, I just notice um, with a lot of my friends when they have anxiety, similar to me, they just sort of shut down and space off. And you'll notice that they start looking around the room a lot or like, checking their phones a lot, just doing something to try and distract themselves. I think I notice anxiety most in my closest friends. I'm really good at pointing it out, like kind of seeing when I see a shift in their personality, um, especially when they just don't talk as much as they usually do or maybe only reply with one word answers, things like that. What do, what do your friends get anxious about? This is going to sound kind of sad. Um, but a lot of my friends, um, have all, like, had pretty bad experiences with, pretty bad experiences with men, so they do tend to get pretty anxious around them. So anxious around relationships, anxious around... They just aren't very trusting of men. What about other people? What do you see your friends getting anxious about? Um, I definitely see my friends getting super anxious about academics, um, especially at my school. It's super rigorous with like academics and all of that. So I definitely see my friends or even if like a lot of people just talk about it really openly at my school, that schoolwork is really, really stressing them out. So that's something that I see a lot. Yeah, I have to agree with India about the academics. I go to the same school and it's a lot of work and a lot of tests and a lot of projects and it's one thing after the other which can be very stressful does social media ever make you anxious yeah <laughs> what about social media makes you anxious you don't know who could be seeing what you're posting like sure you see a profile but you don't know how many people are looking at that profile i feel like you just you can't really tell how people are looking at you or judging you over social media and that can be kind of anxiety producing if that makes sense just that like someone is seeing you through your account basically and they're getting a little snapshot of your life and they're taking their own um they're making their own judgments about you whether they're good or bad and you don't really know what they're thinking which can be stressful too plus it's also like the source of cyberbullying fun fact if you didn't know that cyberbullying happens online it's because of that sense of anonymity that people feel the like they feel like they can say what they say when they do cyberbully people because they think that they can get away with it um i agree with both of you i definitely think that social media brings a lot of anxiety to my life as well as other teens and that's pretty much the reason why i mostly stay off of it i don't really go on social media that much at all well, when we, we're going to take another quick break here, but when we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit more about is social media part of the reason that we're seeing more anxiety in young people today? We'll be back in just a moment with Talk To Be Well.
Talk to Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, with a reminder that if you or someone you know is struggling, please reach out to Youthline at 1-877-968-8491 or text TEEN to TEEN to 839-863. Again, that's TEEN, the number two TEEN. Now let's get back to our conversation about anxiety. I want to share a couple of of facts that we found. A recent Pew Research study found that 70% of teens 13 to 17 today see anxiety and depression as major problems among their peers. And that's a much higher number than it used to be. Do you think social media is part of the reason that's happening? I wouldn't say social media is part of the reason that's happening. I don't think that the number of teens that have anxiety has really changed too much. I mean, sure, I bet it's increased because stress levels have increased. Everyone has more anxiety today. But I just think that because anxiety has been talked about so much more and because 
social media gives us this feeling of anonymity, we feel safe to talk about it on social media. So it gets reported out a lot more now. People aren't afraid to talk about it. Could it be the 24-hour news cycle? Is that part of it? Because I notice, I know for me, I've got this iPhone now where all day long, messages come in, everything is breaking news. Uh, back when I was your age, breaking news was something that happened on the television set. They would actually break in and say, we have a breaking news story. It rarely happened. Usually only happened when someone important died or something like that. But every day, everything is breaking news. Everything is emergent and it's all day long. Is that part of what may be creating increased anxiety? Yeah, I think that that can be kind of tiring at times. Just when you pick up your phone and there's just a million new things on the news and a bunch of, there's really something new every single day. And sometimes it's really important and sometimes it's not very important. It's just we kind of have access to everything. And so you just get news about everything. And it, yeah. You started to mention that social media can be also very helpful, a place of community. Have you ever used social media as a place for community? Back when I was in partial hospitalization, my like me and the group of friends there, we decided to create an Instagram group chat together where we'd be able to talk to each other outside of PHP and support each other. And that was like a week after I had started there. That group chat is still going on today. There are like so many more people added. I think we can't add any more. Um, and we're just talking in it all day and supporting each other because we all have the same issues. We know what we're going through, so we know how to help each other. So social media can actually be a positive thing to help reduce anxiety and to help with, with these types of issues. Well, let's see if we can actually be a help to social media right now. We have some questions that have been coming in from the audience. And we have our first one um, from Callie. Are there actual anxiety conditions? And how do I know if I have one? Somebody mentioned this a little bit earlier, that there's a difference between feeling anxious and having anxiety. So how does somebody know if, if they have anxiety? I think that you can really see a pattern in your daily life of constantly feeling anxious about certain things. It could be like getting out the door on time, if that's something like if very, very time oriented, I guess, having to be out the door at the same time every day and kind of getting really ner nervous if you're not. That could be an indicator or patterns like that that you constantly see. But I think that if you feel anxious, maybe a little bit when you have a test, I think that's totally normal. It depends on your levels of anxiety and if it's preventing you from doing well on the test. It can be difficult to differentiate anxiety from a bout of just anxiousness. I think especially because there's a lot of people that I know of, at least at my school, who the moment they feel a bit of anxiety or a bit of sadness, they immediately jump to I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I, you know, have generalized anxiety disorder. And I don't want to make assumptions, but I do know that that's just... If it's not a consistent, if it's not just consistent anxiety, then that's just normal anxiousness that everyone gets. But anxiety is just this overwhelming, constant 
feeling of something bad is going to happen. You don't know what it is, but something bad will happen. Adding on to that, I think it's very common for teens to say like, oh my gosh, I'm having an anxiety attack or oh my gosh, you're so OCD, which is a very common one and all of that, um, which I've heard a lot and it definitely makes me mad. I think that that can be make it really confusing to think, do I have anxiety then? I'm nervous right now too. Does that mean that I have anxiety if you're saying you're having an anxiety attack? And it kind of makes all the facts or the information not as correct and accurate. So that can be hard if people around you are constantly saying that. Well, I think you all have have highlighted a little bit that there was somebody who diagnosed you with something. Yes, multiple people. (laughs) So having a diagnosis from a medical professional who says this is actually a chronic condition and a condition that you have that we're going to treat. A BuzzFeed quiz isn't a diagnosis. True. <laughs> I, I really appreciate you bringing that up because there are a lot of things on the internet. I think uh, in one of our other episodes, we were referring to it as the uh, magical internet unicorn that diagnoses everybody with something. Um, that is not a medical diagnosis. A BuzzFeed quiz does not tell you that you have anxiety. If you think that you have anxiety, seeing a medical professional is probably the right thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. Or talking to a school counselor first and saying, would this be a good idea for me rather than just spreading that news? (laughs) Well, speaking of being anxious, Kevin wants to know, I'm so anxious I can't sleep. What can I do? What are some tips and tricks that you all have for when your anxiety takes over and you can't sleep? I definitely think that... Just reading a lot helps me. I really like to read. I also, just before bed, I like to take like an hour break from screens and all social media before I go to bed. And I just try to stay away from kind of all outside things and just try to focus on myself and just relax. Unlike India, I don't like to read. So sometimes reading a book puts me to sleep. If I'm laying in my bed, that's really helpful too. (laughs) If you're laying in bed and find that you can't sleep, the best thing you can do in the moment would be to get out of bed. Because if you get into that repeated habit of just laying in bed with anxiety awake, you're eventually going to just associate that feeling with laying in bed. So every time you get in bed, you'll just start feeling anxious. So the best thing you can do is just change your location um you even just go somewhere else in your room i don't care it's your coping skill but you just want to get out of there and try to focus on grounding yourself and since you're in your room that's a very familiar space so try to look for things that aren't so familiar it'll cause you to like look around your room a lot more and focus on the finer details and help make you more grounded That's some good advice. When we come back, we're going to take a few more questions from social media. And we'll be right back after this break with Talk To Be Well. Yeah. 
they know as soon as we walk in. Show up I'm wearing Cuban links, yeah. designer mix, yeah. Inglewood's finest shoes. Whoop, whoop. Don't look too hard, might hurt yourself. Known to get the color red, the blue. I'm a dangerous man with some money in my pocket. Keep up. So many pretty girls around me and they're waking up the rocket. Keep up. Why you mad? Fix your face. Ain't my fault they all be jumping. Keep up. Players only. Come on. Put your pinky rings up. Shoot up. Move. Girls, what y'all trying to do? 24 karat magic in the Gangsters, Gangsters. bad bitches, and your ugly old friends. <laughs> I cannot preach. Uh -oh. I cannot preach. Uh -oh. I gotta show them how I pimp. Get it in first. Take your sip, sip. do your dip. dip, spend your money like money, money. ain't Ooh ooh, we too fresh. Got to blame it on Jesus. Hashtag blessed. They ain't ready for me. Uh. I'm a dangerous man with some money in my pocket. Keep up. So many pretty girls around me, and they're waking up the rocket. Keep up. Why you mad? Fix your face. Ain't my fault they all be jumping. Keep up. Players only. Come on. Put your pinky rings up to the moon. with Talk To Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, with a reminder that if you or someone you know is struggling, please reach out to Youthline at 1-877-968-8491 or text TEEN to TEEN to 839-863. Again, that's TEEN, the number two TEEN. Now let's get back to our conversation. We have a few more questions from social media about anxiety. One of them is, are there unhealthy ways to cope with anxiety? Yes, I've used a lot of them. Um, so with anxiety, um, a pretty common unhealthy one, I'd say, is sleeping. Like sleeping to avoid the problem, sleeping to avoid that feeling that can be very unhealthy if you're just sleeping most of the day anytime you get anxiety. In my personal experience... I did go to things like drugs and alcohol to cope with anxiety and depression. Um, 
and with excessive use of those, that is also extremely unhealthy and not typically something recommended by a doctor. Has anybody else used unhealthy coping mechanisms or know of unhealthy coping mechanisms? Yeah, I definitely think a big one is just avoiding the problem that you're really anxious about. Like, um, I went through a really rough patch in eighth grade before I was diagnosed with social anxiety. And I just stopped going to school. I really just, I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. I really didn't want to hang out with friends anymore. I said no every time someone invited me to do something. I just really kind of went into my own shell. And I I don't think anyone really around me knew how to deal with it because I didn't really want to talk about it. And I think, so I think an unhealthy coping mechanism is just keeping to yourself and not opening up to anyone and just avoiding everything. Because I've definitely had experience with that. And I know that something you should not do. I definitely agree with you about closing yourself off almost. After I had some family events on the end of summer and I completely closed myself off to my friends. I talked to my family, but not a ton. And I just like, was like, I'm gonna do my own thing. And I just like would sit in my room all day, do other things to try and take my mind off of it. And it was not helpful when I probably should have been with my friends and trying to take my mind off of what was going on since I didn't have control over it. So I definitely think that trying to just like be alone and trying to just like just sitting with it cannot be the most helpful thing. So it sounds a lot like isolating is not a good thing to do when you're struggling with anxiety. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Let's see what else we've got in here on on social. Somebody else has asked, can junk food make my anxiety worse? So what role does eating play in anxiety? I just kind of eat whatever I want most of the time. It's probably not the best idea. I don't know. I try to eat a lot of like protein during the day, like when I'm at school, just because like it um, can keep me going more, I guess. Um, But I don't really know if I have a particular diet so that I don't get as anxious. Yeah, I don't know if I'm really... I don't know if you should trust my commenting on this um, since I'm diagnosed anorexic. So there's already that kind of neural pathway in my brain that immediately associates eating with anxiety. So at least in my case, yeah, it does make it worse. But that's also just kind of been ingrained in my head. Can people use food as a coping mechanism? And is that a healthy thing to do? They can. And... It can be healthy, but if you're excessively doing it and it turns into episodes of, say, like binge eating, then at that point it can turn into a potentially very unhealthy coping mechanism. Also, I think if you're being eating restrictive too, just starting to see that pattern, I've seen that in myself even before of like, wait, how much have I eaten yet today and all that. That happened more in eighth grade and middle school, but But seeing that and recognizing that is something really important to make sure before it gets to a a different step or a different point in how restrictive you're being with food. So I think that it's important to see both sides of, am I eating too much, but also am I being restrictive about what I'm eating? It is pretty difficult to feel happy when you're on an empty stomach. It just kind of takes away all your emotions. So then you just lose the motivation to even try and get better. So what I'm hearing is a moderate amount of chocolate is probably good for anxiety, but too little or too much is not good, right? Okay, that's super helpful. What about, what are some good resources online? I know we've talked about 
BuzzFeed not being a great thing. But are there some good online resources that you're aware of? I know I have a few that I'm aware of. I know our friends at Youthline have a lot of resources for dealing with anxiety on their website at youthline.org. I also know that the American Psychological Association and the American Academy of uh, Pediatrics have really great resources for parents, teachers, and other folks, which brings us to a question of what role can teachers play in helping support people who have anxiety? I think teachers educating themselves on um, issues that kids might be having uh, is really crucial because then they if they aren't if they aren't assisting them how they should be at school then it just really doesn't help with whatever is going on i have the best english teacher ever i'm just gonna say that he has always been very supportive and understanding with my anxiety like he even has this stuffed purple dragon dinosaur thingy i don't know what it is in his room and like whenever he even sees that i may be anxious um while i'm in his room he just goes grabs it and gives it to me and this is like only my second year having him but he has been the best teacher i've ever had he's so supportive he always uses correct pronouns he's understanding i can tell him like hey i'm having a panic attack can i go to the bathroom and it'll say sure bring violet humphrey that's a dinosaur's name by the way um i definitely agree with that i think that teachers being really supportive really really helps definitely i've definitely had some teachers that have just been really harsh especially about participation in class and when they grade people on participation it, it can be really rough for people who have social anxiety like especially in for example right now spanish class it can be really difficult sometimes just when a teacher calls on me and asks me how to say something in Spanish and I'm just like, uh, like I didn't raise my hand. I don't know what to say. Um, so yeah, I think definitely teachers just being more educated on how to deal with anxiety could really help. Also, I have, um, one teacher that does mindfulness, um, before, like at the start of each class, it's like right as you go in there, you sit down, they turn off the lights and they'll like play some music and they'll just like talk and you'll do some like breathing, which is really helpful for me. Um, and you can lay down or you can sit whatever you're most comfortable with. And it's even not even five minutes and it feels like it's been 30 minutes and you've just been so relaxed and it's such a nice way to start class that that is something that I think is so helpful. Well, I think these are great recommendations that you all have made uh, for teachers all over the country and for parents too. I really want to thank each of you for sharing your personal stories and for being so vulnerable. It is not lost on any of us that the three of you who struggle and deal with anxiety came in here and talked so openly with all of our listeners today about your own anxiety and about your thoughts and recommendations for other people who are living with anxiety. And so I really appreciate you taking the time and for also overcoming your own fear to do this. I also want to thank everyone who's listening today and for sending in your questions. Visit thewellbeingtrust.org for more information about anxiety and other mental health issues. And make sure to follow all of our student advisory councils on Instagram at work to be well. That's work the number two, be well. Well, that's it for today. We look forward to future conversations on mental health topics. If you've missed part of the show, you can replay it on any major podcast platform and share it with your friends. Thank you and be well. Be well.